0: Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades, finding their customers the right insurance, auto, home, life, business, bundles, whatever it may be, and they're doing so at uh, also trying to find their customers the best price when available. It's all at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to PurdyInsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right. Believe it or not, a lot going on today, and one of them is going to be dealing with the um, uh, whether or not seniors will get uh, an additional year uh, and they're going to talk about winter athletes, which I don't think is going to happen. I think you have, uh, the next time you see, for example, a Mark Hall wrestling will be in an attempt to make the Olympic team. Uh, I think the next time you'll see a Vincenzo Joseph wrestle, same story. I think the next time you see Lamar Stevens play will be in some sort of professional league somewhere. Uh, now when it comes to the spring sports, a little different ball game when it comes to the spring sports. And the reason it's a little different ballgame is that when this first came out, there was a lot of emotion about, okay, the spring sport athlete. Okay. And I understood it completely. But as you know, that at the time I said, let's just see how it plays out, because as I pointed out, was it two weeks ago? I said... That's when I told the audience two weeks ago that there was an insurance policy on the NCAA men's basketball tournament. I also pointed out that the insurance policy on the NCAA men's basketball tournament did not match up with the dollar total from television. Didn't match up. and that now is going to become potentially, we'll find out potentially it becomes an issue and when you look at the issue if you're going to allow spring athletes to get an additional year do you essentially have the money to do it? For major conferences like the Big Ten and the SEC, they would be able to look at and say, I think we can do this. Okay. For smaller conferences, let's take the Patriot League. Or the Northeast Conference. Where in in that budget, they were counting on X amount of dollars from the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Everybody's going to get probably in the end about 40%. And that does change your thinking budget-wise, especially if you're a smaller conference. If you're a smaller conference this becomes a problem. If you're a larger conference, it's still a problem. But you do have other avenues. Also, if you're a place like Penn State, you have 31 sports. If you're a place like Ohio State, you have 34 sports. That's a lot to think about. And you have a lot of fall, excuse me, a lot of spring sports to think about. Here it'd be baseball, men's and women's lacrosse, softball, track and field, men's volleyball. Um you also would have, to be honest with you, here's one, another part that nobody talks about. How many of the uh, spring athletes want to come back? That's the part where I, I never hear anybody talk about that. How many spring athletes actually want to come back? They, you may have people that sit back and go, no, I don't think so. I don't want to. Because coming back, with all due respect, means you're also going back to school. Some of these seniors are on track to get their degree in May. Some may have picked up their degree in December. Some are in a graduate year. And Grant is a good example. Great Grant Amen is about as Penn State as Penn State gets. He came to a Penn he he comes from a Penn State family. He's the men's lacrosse All American. Uh, was in the running for national player of the year again this year, just like he was last year. He is as fine a lacrosse player as you're going to see. But Grant Amant was also in his fifth year of eligibility. He got hurt earlier in his career. He missed a year, he didn't have a desire, as, as Penn State as he is. I mean, his family, his, his mom and dad are Penn Staters, his twin brothers are. Uh, in fact, when other schools were trying to recruit him, his twin brothers hid the letters. <laughs> He didn't realize till later, I guess, how many schools really were interested in him. <laughs> Even he looked back and said, you know, a sixth year? Nah, I'm not so sure about that. Can you blame him? Sometimes you just have the desire to move on to the next stage of your life. Because, again, to stay means you have to invest another full year. There will be some spring athletes that would say yes in a heartbeat. They want to come back. And I'll give you an example. If I'm a baseball player, and I know the baseball draft may only be five to ten rounds, do I feel I've done enough to get drafted? Or do I need another year? So a senior baseball player might be hoping for one more shot I understand that but there will be others that when they sit here and they they look at it, they'll look you know what uh, it's, uh, Chuck Noel once said it's time to get on with your life's work so not all of them would take it some would not all would the question is, is it financially feasible? Which then brings up the next topic. And I haven't heard anybody talk about this. But what has been one of the hot topics in all of sports when it comes to college sports for the past few years? Should student athletes get paid? Well, now you're seeing athletic departments coming up, you know, coming up short on the NCAA tournament money. And they're making tough budgetary decisions. Doesn't that tell you right away there isn't, there might not be enough money to go around to pay people? Now, name, image, and likeness, that's a different story. But I'm talking about actually paying student-athletes, which is, I think for the most part, for athletic departments, a non-starter anyway. But... this tells you the capability an athletic department would have. Oh, they're all awash in cash. Well, they aren't all awash in cash. There's There's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot that goes into it. And as we've talked about, the socialism of sports, whether it's the NFL splitting up the network money, Big Ten splitting up bowl and network money and NCAA money and so forth, And everybody looks at the number, look at all that money. uh, Well, it's all going to various places. It's going to various programs. And I know you wanted to bring up the uh, Kirk Street piece where he's concerned about not having a college football season.
1: And considering all the announcements that have been happening today across our area here and across the state and globally, we're heading that direction. I'm not ready to say he's right for saying that yet, but it's not completely out of the question to think about now. I I just just can't imagine now either, Steve, what this country would be like without any football, college, NFL, high school, you name it. If you think we're starved now for sports, just wait until football gets taken away. If that's if that happens to be the case, well, I want to think about that right now.
0: <laughs> I, I want to see how the next four weeks plays out.
1: Oh yeah, no question.
0: I, I want to see how the next four weeks pay, plays out. Making dire predictions now, uh, you know, as obviously we all know, life can change over a period of weeks, as we've obviously seen. You know, let's take 13 weeks ago. 13 weeks ago was Christmas week. So 13 years ago today, well, I guess 13 weeks 13 weeks ago today, uh, I'd just gotten back from the Cotton Bowl. I'd just done a game with uh, Cornell the very next day. I did the Cotton Bowl on a Saturday, and I did the Cornell game in the Jordan Center on a Sunday. And this was, what, Monday was the 30th of December. And I was getting ready for the next game, which was going to be, um, for me, the Iowa game of the Palestrum. Not thinking in a million years. I knew, I mean, back then we all had heard about this happening in China and in a market and bats and things like that. You're like, oh, really? Okay. And 13 weeks later, quarter of the year later, here's where we are. So that's how dramatic that changes. Let's now see, though, in all the hard work that so many people have put in, and when I mean all the hard work, believe me, each one of you that is social distancing, each one of you that has been staying at home, each one of you that has not been in any kind of group, you've been working hard, each one of you, because you've been trying to do the right things. And by trying to do the right thing, Maybe that helps get us out of this sooner rather than later. Uh, I uh, I think I told you I think I told you Matt that I, to me I, I want to go back. This is two weeks ago. I think I told you Kevin whom I was somebody uh, there about. I said look I think the the magic date is May first, and I said that two weeks ago. I've kind of looked at May first the entire time. That's why when the president came out yesterday and said April 30th, I said well that makes sense to me. Because, for example, Spain is starting to see a little bit of leveling. Now, they're ahead of us on this. They got there first. Spain is starting to see some leveling. The Netherlands is seeing a downturn. Germany's actually been in pretty good shape. Italy has been awful. Uh, Washington State is starting, it seems, to see some, some leveling. But you also have some other parts of the country. Even Alabama today asked for a national emergency declaration. But let's see where we are. When we started the show last week, we were very plain last week and said, look, this is going to be a bad week. On Monday's show, we said it was going to be a bad week. Because you just, I mean, it didn't take a genius to sit there and look at it. Okay? And there'll be some there'll be some numbers this week that will be uncomfortable. But then let's see how the next couple weeks start to play out. After that, let's just see. Uh, I will say this: the NFL draft will be the most watched draft in the history of the NFL draft.
1: Oh, no question.
0: There are going to be people on April the twenty third saying. Good, a live event <laughs> bring the live event into my living room please uh, and we're going to do a lot in the NFL draft leading up to it we're going to do a lot in the NFL draft after it's done but w- the decision made yesterday about April 30th the problem is uh, throughout all this is the uncertainty right Throughout the entire time the uncertainty has been the problem. But that decision yesterday, well, let's be honest about it, was not unexpected. That was not that was not unexpected. Did nothing to the sports calendar. Did nothing to it. And here's the reason why. They already moved the Masters to September. They already moved the Kentucky Derby, which is the first Saturday of May to September. Um, Golf tournaments had already been canceled. Major League Baseball season, they aren't talking about even going to camp until the middle of May anyway, so that's still outside the boundaries of April 30th. The NBA wasn't talking about being back until June 1st. The NHL wasn't talking about being back until at some point in early June. I mean, all, I mean, all those things are still there. And then you're getting reports, for example, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and Christian Wood and Marcus Smart, all in the NBA, now say they're free and clear. Okay. Sean Payton in the NFL now says he's free and clear. So, there is discouraging news in many areas, and then there's optimistic news in others. So, let's just see how it plays out. Um, making dire predictions now counterproductive. I think it may um in in a couple of months. Then maybe we can make dire predictions if need be. If not, I'm going to stay on the track we're on. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Great people who are great professionals. The Purdy family and the great staff that they have. Auto home life business. Whatever your insurance needs may be, bundles, they'll do everything they can to make sure you're completely covered, and they'll do everything they can to find you the right price where applicable. And then if there's ever a claim, they will take good care of you. That is Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And remember that great service department they have at Sunbury Motors as well. Uh, again, it is too early to... Uh, to go through the dire predictions of what the second half of the year are going to be like, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Uh, so that's why we're going to—we're you know, just going to go by what is in front of us at the moment, and just go day by day, week by week, and stay away from the dire predictions of what could happen in September. None of us knows. I mean, did any of us know we're going to be in this spot at Christmas? No. Things can also change for the better too. Uh, there are th- there, but there is a lot going on. Before the month of April is out, I do expect the NCAA to discuss the one-time transfer rule. Today, though, it's going to be discussing whether spring athletes and winter athletes can get an extra year. And in the next half hour, Barry Salaga joining us from the Washington Post. That will be in the next half hour. But for now, let's talk about the NFL. Neil Kulong joins us. Neil, welcome back. Great to have you with us.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> Just thought it was the best way to get into
0: it. All right. <laughs> so the Steelers have, again, continued to shock the world. They, 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 they've been making moves. So uh, we talked last week about Foster retiring, who's been the the great soldier all these years. So they signed Stefan Wisniewski. Your thoughts on the signing?
3: I, I think
2: it's, he's the right fit for what they need to do with that position. I, they're not giving him uh, out of the gate starter money. Right. You know, it, it, it's probably right in between a veteran, reliable backup who may or may not make the team, and we need this guy to come in and play 900 snaps right away. Yeah. Uh, he's he's being paid to compete for the left guard position i'm going to assume that that primarily at least is going to be against matt filer um that may or may not be the case um they have a lot of options and they've earned the right to have options they have uh well-priced uh younger guys and veterans um coming in with some to a lot of nfl experience and they're going to put them out on the field and and figure out probably what the best combination of all of them is and this is before the draft their odds are pretty good they're going to come out of the draft with at least one offensive lineman so i'm not saying that, that that player is going to be brought in to start but they they have given themselves enough options to say we've got multiple guys who can now play multiple positions because we've put the work in on a lot of these guys uh from scouting on through to the practice squad to the active roster um let's bring in one that we know has started before at this position and let's let him compete with the younger guy that we just paid more money to and see which is the best fit for who. And if if nothing else, we have good depth along the offensive line. We have experience, we have talent, we have guys that know our system well. It's, I think a very smart signing, a very economical signing for what they're trying to do now with their offensive line.
0: He's also a multiple position guy. He does have the, the ability. I mean, he's a better guard than center, but he has the ability to play center, and Pouncey has been hurt before.
2: Bouncy has been hurt before, so has B.J. Finney, the guy that signed away into Seattle and served as the backup center as well as the guard. Uh, So in worst case for Wisniewski, he's a three-position backup. who has been doing exactly that most of his career. So you know right there, uh, worst case scenario, um, if it happens to be that the lesser paid guy happens to be the backup to the, the higher paid guy, that's probably the right move but you have good depth then at three different positions you're not going to have to teach him how to play uh center after playing left guard you know he's aware of how to do that um that was the real value of bj finney and and good for him for getting another contract in seattle i think he just priced himself a little bit higher than what pittsburgh wanted to pay for that type of a role and he's got to be a starter for sure in seattle so it, it it worked out well um that I don't think Wisniewski qualifies for uh, uh, as being part of the compensatory system. Right. Uh, Finney does though, so Finney will bring back a pick. Wisniewski isn't going to cost him one um, that helps him for next year, and it is, it's probably a negligible difference between um, ability-wise between uh, Finney and, and Wisniewski. So, chalk that one up to kind of a hometown discount and a, a great mm-hmm. situation for Pittsburgh. Right.
0: Yeah. No, his parents live right there. I mean, live right there. I mean, it's he's up here a lot. Uh, Neil, he is uh, he's he spends a lot of time up here. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, next up, uh, I know we touched on it last week a little bit about Eric Ebron, but they also then made a trade with Baltimore, uh, which they haven't done since 1997. Which to some people is the dark ages because they were just barely in Baltimore at the time. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on the deal that they made with this one?
2: It's <laughs> It's interesting because to me, it's like this is the perfect year for the unprecedented trade. Um, I, they, they haven't made, they haven't made deals with Baltimore for obvious reasons, and it's a player that you're not sure on who he is exactly. Yeah. and that was him in the draft. Here, here's the one thing with Warmley with that you really know is the guy's a sensational athlete. Right. You're yep. not sure where he fits along a, right. a front seven defense in the NFL, but. You also have to think that something's wrong with you if you can't find a way to get this guy in a productive position on the field. And they've, lost, um, har- and they've he-
0: lost Hargrave. So, I mean.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's say then that you want Wormley to add on 10 pounds, and ideally he's up 15, maybe even 20 pounds by next year. Let's say that that's the long term plan for him. At a cost of a fifth round pick, which, let's be honest, the Steelers are all over the board when it comes to their fifth round picks. You have no idea who they're taking or why. If that's the cost, He fits perfectly as the the unknown position guy that may have to gain weight to play one thing, lose weight to play another, and came from your your divisional rival. I mean, it it, it makes no sense. So he fits perfectly with their model for a fifth-round pick. I, I, I like him as a player, as an athlete, um, and frankly, if I'm going to bet on any player uh, turning into something in the NFL, it's going to be a defensive lineman with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They do a phenomenal job coaching all of those players. Uh, Hargrave's contract shows that. Uh, Cam Hayward and Stephon too, with ability in the NFL shows yeah. that. They've been doing this for years on you know high-level guys, lower-level guys. Um, Wernley can be more here probably than he would be in Baltimore, where I think he was a little bit more fit into a certain mold. They wanted him to be a certain way. Uh, and then they went out and made big moves for, for two marquee free agents, which I, I think were smart moves on Baltimore's part as well. Um, Wernley just happened to be the odd man out. And I think the Steelers, I mean, we, we can see just through the value of the trade, um, the Steelers were willing to give up probably a lot higher than other people would have. Uh, it just goes to show I think they really had their eye on him in the draft. Uh, two years ago, and they they are still liking what they see with him. Uh, It's going to be fun to see what they do with him and how they use him, but you have to think off the board. um, They're going to want him maybe to to gain a little bit of weight and come in and play nose tackle. I I don't know how many snaps he's going to get, but he's so explosive. He's so athletic. He really does look like a smaller Javon Hargrave in a lot of ways. So maybe that is the plan. I I think they got great value in a trade, um, you know, even with a division rival. He wasn't going to see the field in Baltimore anyway. They were probably going to cut him. So it's it, to me, it's worth a fifth round pick to get, to get a guy in now, uh, put him on the type of, of weight program that you want him to be on, so he's ready come training camp to, to compete at the position that you envisioned for him.
0: So now the dust is settled because you know this goes in stages. Who do you lose? In, who do you lose in free agency? And some players you just didn't want back. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't really think they wanted Sean Davis back or players like that. And then. Who do you sign? What position do you sign them at? Uh, Then it determines how you draft. Now, after watching everything settle and shake down, uh, has your thought process on what the draft should look like positionally for the Steelers changed?
2: Uh, I'll say this. I, I don't think anybody would have expected them to walk out of probably the first two rounds of their draft, the second and third round picks, without an offensive tackle. And I think now that's easily the, the, the leader coming out of the clubhouse. I, I don't I can't imagine there's a scenario in which, especially a draft like this, uh with as, as deep of a, a receiver's draft as it is, and with some pretty good quarterbacks that are going to go in the first two rounds, you're going to see some value fall to where they are. 49 overall. It's 49, right? I think it's 49. Yes. Um, There's probably going to be a a tackle worth the 49th pick available. And assuming that they've scouted this position rigorously, which looking at their their future situation, uh, there's no way that they haven't been all year. They knew they were going to be in this spot. Uh, In in that spot is you've got one year left of the way of his contract. You're in a right tackle competition between um, some combination of um, Chuck Sikorafor, who's got two years left in his deal, Zach Banner, who just got lower than uh, a second-round um, RFA tender, right. and a second-round RFA tender for um, Matt Filer if you want to play him in right tackle. There's not much long-term security right now at left tackle They're g- or at either tackle spot. Uh, they're going to have to pay somebody next year, and I think they're going to have to draft somebody this year with the hope of this guy turning into a starter by next year, or at least competing hard to justify a, a, um, a contract extension for somebody like Banner or having Filer play right tackle. So uh, I, I don't think it's even a question. I, I would, you know, I would say as close as I've ever been to certain on the first guy that they're going to take in the draft this year it's going to be an offensive tackle I I don't think there's really any other way around it and to me also that pick right there solidifies a a second consecutive year of a a fantastic offseason for Kevin Colbert and the Steelers they did exactly what they needed to do Uh, all the moves that they made made a lot of sense They're building on a lot of young talent that they've had and and have been developing over the last couple of years. And you you really start to see the core of this this, uh, franchise over the next three seasons come into play. I think they've got a good one. This is going to be a competitive team, uh, assuming it's your quarterback that you basically said ride or die with him over the next two years. Uh, assuming Ben Roethlisberger is capable of playing at the level that we've seen him, they're going to be a real competitive team. I wouldn't count them out overall, but they're going to get better in the future, too. I think they might be even better in, in 2021 uh, than where they are now. Uh, again, assuming uh, Roethlisberger can still play.
0: Right, and that's, that'll be one of the keys. Give me a, the two other positions that Need to be looked at, you know, and not terms of just pure impact right away, but also uh, the ability to add maybe a little depth that they need. You
2: know, I'm I'm biased in this sense because I know that they're going to go out and find that veteran safety slash cornerback that they always do every year, Um, dating back to uh, um, Brandon Boykin, or um, you know they brought Robert Golden back one of those years. William Gay, they had brought back uh, Bryce McCain. Um, I'm missing a big one in there as well. Uh, Antoine Blake was a guy they brought in. We see it with Mike Hilton as well. They always find the, the, pardon the phrase, the scrap heap defensive backs uh, to come in and camp who end up earning a spot. Last year it was I don't even remember his name, the kid that they signed out of the AFL and, and put him out against Brady in week one, got torched, and we never saw him again. Uh, they, they're going to add another defensive back somewhere. They always do, um, even with the, the signing of Jordan Dangerfield, uh, to, to maybe mitigate the loss of Sean Davis, which I don't think is a, a huge loss uh, after you've added uh, your second uh, form of first-round pick in, in your back secondary. They're, they'll bring in depth at that position, and, I you know... There's a lot of back and forth that goes on around uh, the running back and the wide receiver positions. There, um, the wide receiver is almost a position that you need to, to address in some way every year. Yeah. You've always got to have new guys coming in. Exactly. Uh, and this is such a it's such a great receivers draft. I can't take my eye off of that. There are so many good players there. It'd be really hard to ignore one. Um, even in the second round when they need a tackle, I, I, I receivers kind of make the game nowadays. Uh, the Steelers have done a great job of, of adding to their protection schemes without having to invest uh, high round picks in the last several years they haven't been high round guys uh, that they've brought in to, to take on starting roles um, I, it wouldn't surprise me I guess if they go receiver it really would kind of speak to what they think about Juju uh, Smith-Schuster but I don't think that's a guy they want to get rid of no. uh, long term they just might be preparing themselves for that possibility and putting more firepower out on the field a lot of people are going to say running back and you know I, I would really like to see a, a better pass catching one in there more yeah. of a, a specialist type yeah. of guy yeah, third, um, third, they, third day they can get a guy like that Right. So yeah, they 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 want to draft in the, the fifth round, fourth or sixth round I should say too, uh they've they've been going after these guys that they, they want to develop as, you know, prize backs, you know, um the last two years. They they Jalen Samuels in such a way that you think that they want to give him 20 carries a game. Uh, Benny Snell was the guy last year. We've seen how Mike Tomlin feels about Benny Snell. He really is committed to him. Um, we, we've seen good things from those players. I don't know if we've seen enough to say they're versatile enough that a team is concerned with them as a receiver and a running back, and that's something they have to figure out before the snap. I don't know if they quite have that guy. Um, you know, Outside of James Conner, which I don't know if we're entirely sure on him in the future, but... Um, they have a lot of talent there. I wouldn't be surprised though if they want to add another weapon. Um, it, it, you know, a, a fast kind of scat back guy that can catch passes in the flat to make moves to get down the field. That they don't have. I mean, for Jalen Samuel's catching ability, uh, very poor laterally. You're really not seeing him break a lot of tackles, A elude guys coming in. Uh, Benny Snell, I think, is kind of the same way. So I, I'd like to see them add a, a pass catching back if that's in the draft or uh, free agency still. It wouldn't surprise me if they, they looked for something like that.
0: Yeah, Benny Snell's a point A to point B guy. I mean, and, and, and I don't think he gives you much of the passing game. It's, but that that's
2: just me. Nothing, really. Uh, just nothing. I mean, he, right. he, he looks like a good solid between-the-tackles yeah, guy, but not uh, just fine. Not a shaker.
0: Fine, but he's not he's no star. Uh, a guy, years ago, when he was a first-round pick, and he was the last pick of the first round, I sat back when they tried, like, they made him a first-round pick, was Travis Frederick. I was dead wrong about that. Being dead, I mean, I thought he'd be a good player in the NFL. I really did. But I thought, a first-round pick? Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm foolish for even thinking that I didn't think he was a first-round pick. He retired yesterday. He put together, you know, when he was healthy, he was one heck of a player.
2: Yeah, the fact that the Cowboys got panned as badly as they did when they took him. I remember that. I was, it, it I was, was wrong. Surprised. It I, was, I was wrong. It was, I think everybody was. I mean, you look at him, and it, it happened quickly, too. He got out on the field. You saw him not long in his career. It's like, this, this dude's a player. Yeah, uh, He's, he's going to be a high-level guy. And Dallas put together, I mean, I'm not one to always want to agree with the, the, the bluster that comes out of Jerry Jones's mouth, but he basically said the offensive line they put together is one of the best of all time. Frederick was a huge part of that. and I, I, He's not going to get the recognition of a, a lot of his peers, and I don't think he did even when he was with Dallas, even with the Pro Bowls that he went to. Uh, Travis Frederick was one of the best centers of his era. He was yeah. a great player. Um, and it just you know dude, your heart goes out for him because it's not like right. he quit because he got bored or anything. He he had been fighting through that condition uh, his whole career, yes. and you you're, you take your hat off to him. You're glad he got paid a bit, and you hope that um, he's able to be recognized in this era as one of the better players because he truly was.
0: He was only 29. He's only 29 years old. Neil, it is always a pleasure, sir. Thanks so much for your time. appreciate it. It's always one of the fun uh, times of my week.
2: Definitely. Thanks for having me. It's mine as well. <laughs> I enjoy it.
0: Neil Kulong, USA Today. We'll come back with uh, more in a moment. Yeah. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070, WKOK.
3: Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. We continue to listen to the recommendations from federal, state, and local experts, including the Center for Disease Control concerning efforts to limit the spread of coronavirus. During this time, our office remains operational and available to service our current and new clients. Our employees will be available by phone at 570-286-5855, as well as email, and have access to our systems to continue to conduct business. Please know that our after-hours emergency service will continue to be available. Based on the recommendations from federal, state, and local experts, our building will be closed to the public during these extraordinary times. Our employees will be working from home to practice social distancing so we can do our part to keep our staff and community as safe and healthy as possible. Please be advised that all face-to-face meetings will be discontinued in favor of conducting business via phone or email. At this time, we ask that you be safe, be well, and be kind, and know that your Purdy Insurance Team is committed to the highest levels of service and is only a phone call away.
0: Can she talk any faster?
1: (laughs) My my question exactly.
0: Wow. (laughs) One time uh, on the uh, uh, subway got a hold of me years ago. It wanted me to do a commercial for them. And as usual, you know, it's a thousand, you know, it's like tons of copy and you have to get it an X amount of time. So I'm like, whatever, 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 whatever. So I record as quickly as I could. Then to make it fit whatever they wanted, they sped it up even more. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't care because the check cleared
1: <laughs> so there you it go. Was, it's it was, all that matters.
0: It was fine. The check cleared. We were good. But I had people who knew me and friends of mine, and they were mad. I said, "Why?" So it doesn't sound like you. I said, <laughs> I, "I said, I said." While I understand that. I said, I'd like to point out that the name of the check was mine.
1: <laughs> Once again, that's all that matters.
0: Years ago, I told the suit, in the end, it's about the paper. Words that he now lives by. <laughs> and he'll tell you that. You, you, in fact, you text him.
1: I've been told that you, many times already. I don't have to text him.
0: Uh, okay. I said, in the end, it's about the paper.